Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. I think parents know what I mean when I say there is one room in the house that's just constantly filled with your children's toys. But have you ever stopped to think about the type of toys your child is playing with and the impact they could be having on them? A study has shown that playing with ultra-thin dolls can affect our body image. So how do our children's toys impact us now? And indeed, how will it impact them for years to come? Psychotherapist Fiona Kennedy, Councillor Magella Kennedy, and uh, early years educator and PhD student at Mary Immaculate College, Sharon Skehel, join me now and you're all welcome. Good morning. Morning, Joe. Um, Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Sharon. Right. I, I suppose I wouldn't even. Yeah. I, I. I've got to be honest. This is one of those ones that would probably go over my head to an extent. You know, a child playing with a doll. I wouldn't even consider the psychological impact of it, Fiona. But obviously, it's there. Absolutely. Yeah. I suppose one of the things that I would commonly come commonly come across is um, the impact. I suppose down the road of kids playing with toys that are ultra thin um, and how that may erode their self-esteem and their sense of self going forward. Um, I suppose the most popular one that I would would come across is Barbie, especially for for young girls, where it creates a very materialistic mindset um, and the comparison of, you know, what they need to become to feel good and accepted and so on. Mm. And um, Sharon, this research was led by Durham University in the UK and they, with groups of girls between five and nine, had them playing with different dolls, ultra thin and then dolls more designed to look normal. Yes, so that the, they were making the comparison between the children's behaviours on playing with those different types of dolls. And I suppose that the outcome was that... Of, of, I suppose it's, it's the pressure that parents must be under as well to try and give children, you know, the dolls, whatever is the latest fashion really for children to be playing with. But that we need to think a little bit more about what we are providing for children and to see what the other alternatives are. And there are actually some nice new ones on the market. I think in more recent times, there's a bit more awareness around this. So there's a shift away from some of those ultra thin dolls, kind of new generation dolls, and that's actually a label in itself, of dolls that are more realistic body forms um, because it does have more of an impact on young girls, unfortunately, and um, that's what the study is showing. So then, of course, we have to think of the other factors that um, contribute to that. It's you know, Just because your, doll, your child has a Barbie doll, it's not necessarily going to result in having a negative body image. There's all the other things. I think sometimes as adults, one of the big things is how we are conveying our own body image and, you know, things that we might be saying about having to go for a walk maybe because we want to lose weight rather than emphasising the well-being part of that, you know, or how we make a comment that somebody's looking well because they've lost weight. Do you know, so sometimes we, it's kind of a tendency to associate how, how we're communicating and how that can impact children as well. So those other factors, I think, would have a big impact um, as well as obviously things they're playing with, but the people in their lives um, would have a, a stronger influence, I think, on their own perceptions of themselves and how we are, you know, respond, particularly to girls, that we are 
emphasising the importance of, you know, being fit, being athletic, being, but being themselves the characters that make them them, you know, the things that they like to do. And that's what's important. Yeah. I mean, Magella, the researchers found that when girls played with the ultra-thin fashion dolls, they showed a significant reduction in their ideal body size and an increase in body dissatisfaction relative to girls who played with realistic weight, childlike dolls. Playing with the realistic dolls had no negative impact on girls' body image. And the study also showed that the negative impacts of playing with the skinny dolls, however, can't be immediately countered through play with realistic childlike dolls, which suggests that the potential for a lasting impact is definitely there. Certainly, Joe, and having read the, the, the article, that would be my sense also as well. And again, I suppose the early life experiences, these are the ones that have a profound um, effect on us. And again, if we are constantly exposed to something that, you know, like the skinny dolls, I imagine there is a stronger likelihood that we are going to develop a, a sense of belief that this is the ideal way that girls should look. So again, it's about that exposure. And again, I, I certainly build on Fiona's point in that not alone the toys that our child children have access to, but also we, the parents, society, what we see in magazines, what we see on TVs, there are many other factors, but certainly this early childhood one is a very significant one. And that is definitely what the study has found. Yes, uh, we're chatting to Magella Kennedy, uh, to Sharon Skehel and to Fierna Kennedy. And Fierna, just for a bit of context, the first Barbie doll back in 1959 was uh, five foot nine and 36 inches chest, 18 inches waist and 33 inches hip. Mm. Um, absolutely. And, you know, I suppose there's, there's, I think there's a 1965 doll that she came with uh, weighing scales and a little diet book. And in the in the book, it said, don't eat. That was the, the tip. So you can what? imagine this is going, yeah, really? absolutely. And it's going right back. When I do, um, you know, workshops and, and presentations with kids and chat about this stuff, like chat about body image versus sense of self and self-esteem and so on. One of the dolls, I suppose, that I target is Barbie. And some, I think an American girl, she did a study and she made a real life Barbie doll and, and the dimensions and so on. And, Basically, it shows that if she was, you know, she's so top heavy that actually she'd have to walk on all fours and they get a great laugh out of that. And, you know, um, she's actually falls into the um, anorexic BMI. So, you know, just to be aware that actually what we're being shown and what we're being asked isn't isn't realistic. And yet a lot of the kids will say, you know, we know that we know actually about air airbrushing and we know about these dolls. We know all. But it doesn't stop us striving for that. and, And, you know really serious measures, which I suppose is the train I'm working in, which is all eating disorder based, um, because it's the influences. And remember, you know, also our brain is wiring around all of this as well. So this all starts at a very young age. And so if we are giving kids like these ultra thin dolls, they they start to reduce the girl's ideal body size um, and create self-satisfaction around that. And then I suppose when they hit um, adolescence, all that kind of has been wired in as a template. And so if we're looking for self-acceptance, if we're looking for, you know, um, peer acceptance, and we feel the only way to get it is to to achieve the society's ideal, they will, they'll go to massive measures in order to attain that. And unfortunately, then we have that, that situation where there's negative reinforcement. So... If, if an adolescent loses weight and their peers see them and they're commenting and 
now I'm achieving, now I'm being seen and I'm being seen for losing weight. But now if I'm being seen for losing weight, I'll be seen for gaining weight and I can't let that happen. And so they increase the measures that they're taking in order to prevent weight gain and then you're in, you can get into serious yeah. territory very quickly. Yeah, Ian Harkin, who's the co-founder of Lottie Dolls, they were developed alongside academic experts in child development, said toy makers should now stop making ultra-thin Dolls. This latest study says comprehensively proves that. He says that 95% of dolls that can be bought online or in stores are of the ultra-thin type and it's hard for parents to refuse them when they're heavily marketed to young girls. Uh, Magella, I mean, that's absolutely true, isn't it? Yes, it is indeed. And I suppose as we, the parents, I suppose, we, we, we tend to, to follow those, those trends, Joe, and we tend to want our children to have the same as all their, their peer groups have. And definitely there is, I do believe that there is um, a need for the manufacturers to be part of this and to be driving this also as well and to be more realistic because, you know, it is, it's certainly the study and is certainly telling us the impact of this. And I mean, I, I, I just looked at a statistic before I came online today for eating disorders in the world and the estimated uh, number of people who suffer from eating disorders, they're telling us is 70 million. Yeah, And you know, Sharon, the thing that I found most interesting about the article is that in the study, they mentioned the realistic dolls, uh, a Lottie doll or a Dora doll. Um, now, the Lottie dolls used in the research are created by Donegal Company. It's good to hear. And they're still in production. But the other realistic doll, the Dora doll, is no longer in production. And that makes you wonder, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, it absolutely does. Now, there is a, a newer doll on the market, this new generation dolls, and they are much more realistic um, body images, and they're childlike dolls, you know, and quite large ones. So they have started to gain a little bit of popularity. But again, you see, I suppose when you're with the younger age group, they might be more drawn to that. I think the fact is as well, because of that marketing, that as children are getting that little bit older, you know, eight from seven, eight, nine, and they're more aware of taking notice of the, you know, body changes and what the stereotype, you know, of, of, of these dolls might be too childlike because they don't represent an eight or a nine-year-old necessarily of their lifestyle. So it's a difficult one um, to manage for parents to try and counteract that marketing because it's a very limited um, scope. And you see it yourself. If you go into Smith's or any toy shop, there is a line of there was all of those dolls. It's an overflow of pink skinny dolls, do you know? So yeah. the, the marketing that is there, it's very difficult for parents to walk down through and refuse children or uh, so it's definitely something that needs to be addressed at a different mm. level so that there's more choice for children and a more of an attractive choice uh, for children. And, and Fiona, I mean, do you think we need to get to the point, if we haven't already, where um, dolls for kids, um, female and male, um, need to be more about the careers that we'd like to see men and women feeling or girls and boys as they grow up, they could be in and should be in. Hmm. I think, um, I mean, that's a really good point. And I think we have to, to look at how to make this more real. How can we make play? How can we make toys more real? Um, so, yes, of course, part of that is what we want to do um, and the hobbies and what makes us. Um, beyond the aesthetics, you know, because I mean, if you look at the messages that some of these dolls are, if you're ultra thin, then you will be successful. So one equals the other, like you'll have the best house and the best boyfriend and the best, et cetera, et cetera, if you have this. 
and the best job. And But I'm really glad you brought in the, the male concept there as well because so many, like obviously this is a big, big issue for girls, but I suppose what I'm seeing much, much more is um, more males coming into my practice and struggling with body image issues, struggling with eating disorders. Um, and so they have their own sort of realm to try and navigate um, and I think if we kind of lose sight of that, it makes it very hard for males to come and get the support that they need around these issues because there is a, I suppose, a stereotype or stigma that eating disorders are very much um, female orientated. Um, and yes, of course, a greater population do suffer from them, but there's a lot of males struggling out there. And I'd really like to get that point across this morning that it is a female and, and male um, illness that eating, I know we're not talking about eating disorders. But no, but I take just, your point totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, those, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Magellan kids are going to be impacted, whether they're male or female, mm-hmm. by the toys they play with, aren't they? Certainly. And I think more, more often than not nowadays, uh, we're not as um, gender-based maybe as parents with the toys. I mean, before maybe we would have said only boys play with whatever and girls, but I think we're more open now to, to the boys and girls playing with the various toys, which again does open up the boys much more uh, also to those dolls as, as well. And also I take uh, the point Fernand um making as well in my own practice. I'm certainly seeing a lot of young males coming through as well. So again, yes, it's right across the, the two sexes, Joe. Okay. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much. Really interesting to chat to you about all of that uh, this morning. And hopefully it gives uh, parents listening some food for thought on everything with absolutely no pun intended, I have to say there. Uh, Early years educator and PhD student at Mary Immaculate College, Sharon Skell. Thank you. Psychotherapist Fiona Kennedy. Thank you so much. And uh, Councillor Magella Kennedy. Appreciate your time too. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.